Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well on this fabulous Wednesday morning. Good old hump day is upon us once again. Good morning, Miss Robin Fols. Hope you're doing well. But uh, hope everybody's having a good day thus far. And uh, it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you be my neighbor? <laughs> so, uh, no, not Mr. Rogers, but uh, uh, I just hope everybody has a good day. And like Mr. Rogers always said, I like you just the way you are. So all those watching this morning, just know that I like you just the way you are. You know what? Uh, Mr. Rogers used to say that. But here's the cool thing. Good morning, Miss Sipe. Here's the cool thing. God loves you just the way you are. He wants you. You know, it's so interesting. We can have that song that we sing, Just As I Am, without one play. God wants you just as you are. You know, uh, you know, it's amazing me how so many people say they want to clean their act up or, or be better before they come into a church. But that's just it. We can't. We'll never be good enough. And uh, I always hate it when I hear people say, well, the church is full of hypocrites. You know, it's like going into a gym and saying you don't you don't go to a gym because of all the fat people there. You know, it's just stupid. And uh, but, you know, that's just it. God wants you just as you are. And then once you give your life to him, that's when that sanctification, that's when that change begins and you start anew and you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Then his holiness, his righteousness will change and transform you into where he wants you to be. But if you try to do things on your own, you're going to fall and you're going to fail. But that's a great thing to know that uh, God doesn't expect us at a certain level. He just wants us just where, where we're at, who we are and what we are, you know. And me and that guy at church was talking the other day. You know, it just amazes me. To me, it kind of helps prove uh, the validity of the gospel uh, because when you read God's word, you read about all, you know, there's so many people that God used in a mighty way that were the least likely to be used. You know, I often feel so small and, and, and feel like I'm the least and the last person needs to be preaching the gospel. I've said that many times, and every time I get up there, I feel like, man, why in the world would God use me? There's people out there far more spiritual, far more articulate, far smarter than I'll ever be. But then you look at, uh, in the Bible, and my point is, you look at David. Here he was, a man after his own heart. He committed adultery. You have, uh, uh, um, oh, my mind's went blank on me here, um, Paul, <laughs> with Saul. Here he was murdering and killing and obeying the Old Testament law, and he, he from Saul became Paul. And uh, here Peter denied him three times. And you see all these, uh, you know, even Samson, you know, here he was, uh, you know, God blessed him mightily. And what did he, man, what did he do? He took on uh, godless women and, uh, and as a result, got his eyes plucked out. And, you know, it's just, you see, you know, in, in a fictional story, all you see are the good things. All you see are the wonderful things. Uh, but uh, to me, it just helps prove the validity of the gospel and the fact that we see these imperfect people with all their warts and problems and things that they have, and God still used them. So don't ever feel like that, uh, well, gosh, God can't use me because I've done fill in the blank. It doesn't matter. God loves you despite whatever you are and what you have done. And, uh, you know, that's a great thing uh, that God never gives up on us. We may want to give up on him. But he never gives up on us. So, uh, you know, even though Mr. Rogers might said, uh, I like you just the way you are, God loves you just the way you are. But that doesn't mean we don't need to change. Now, let's make sure we keep that clear. God doesn't love the sin. He loves the sinner. And once you come to him, then he will uh, 
bring about that process of change. So uh, uh, anyway, I can get in a whole thing of election and all that stuff and, and uh, uh, tulip and, and all that. We'll, we'll save that for another day. I'm about to get myself in a deep hole here of, of, <laughs> of, the, of uh, theological teaching that uh, may be too in-depth for this early morning. So we'll save that for another time. But, uh, but anyway, uh, if you got your Bibles handy, we're going to look at Romans chapter 6, verse 14. So get those Bibles out, use them in a, in a mighty way. That is uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 14. Let me get this pulled up here. I do this, forget to do that every morning here. But uh, Romans 6, 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. All right, so uh, I want you to really highlight this, and uh, I want you to have that to go back on, to uh, reflect, and to memorize uh, as you uh, go throughout your day. So here's the thing, you know, this kind of goes along a little bit of what I was talking about in the introduction, was that for sin shall not have dominion over you. Now, before we come to know Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior, sin did have dominion over us. It did reign supreme in our heart. Uh, we were unregenerate. Uh, we are sinners headed to hell, and uh, it had took control of our minds and our hearts. And so the things before we knew Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, we thought was okay or something we thought was funny or a, a way of believing uh, will be completely different once you give your life over to Jesus Christ, you know. And in saying that, for I remember uh, many a time that, uh, you know, uh, some people call us the biker church, which, you know, there's not many that really ride much anymore. But uh uh, I remember I have seen hardcore one percenter bikers. Now you've got your pseudo bikers who uh, think they're uh, sons of uh, anarchy and bar hop, and uh, those aren't. Real. I mean, they might enjoy riding, but those aren't real bikers. I, I have truly met one percenters, and there's some rough, mean old boys that have come to know Jesus Christ, their personal Lord and Savior. And uh, it's fun, it's really neat to watch because. Even though they give their life over to Jesus Christ, and it don't even have to be a one percent or biker be anybody, but I, uh, but my point is uh, to watch that sanctification of change in their life, uh, because once they get saved, you know they they will still allow foul language to to slip out here and there, and it, uh, they didn't think much about it. I don't, I never said nothing, and Dad never said nothing, but over time you can see how the Lord continually, slowly begin to change and make an effect in their lives. And then slowly over time, they realized, hey, yeah, that's not appropriate as a Christian. I don't need to be talking that way. And then they, they, would, they would stop that. Or for some area, another area of your life, they would, the Lord, work with them on that. And it's really neat to see that, that uh, the seasons of change in, in their lives as Christians. And that's one thing as Christians, we need to continually grow and learn and never get stagnant in our walk with Jesus Christ. That's one thing I try so hard. That's one reason why I try to be so excited uh, when I preach is because I want you all to be excited about Jesus Christ. I think there's so much complacency and so much apathy among the Christian body. And uh, I, my, my hope is to have the Holy Spirit to stir you up to get you excited about the things of Jesus Christ. You may already be, but there are a lot, I know there's a lot out there that just seemed stagnant in their walk. We want to continue to to grow and to learn. So as we see here, for sin shall not have dominion over you. And when we give our life over to Jesus Christ, uh, good morning, Mr. Hell. It is a very crisp morning indeed. In fact, it's downright cold. Uh, but anyway, we see that sin will have no dominion over you. We give Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. Our Father is no longer the devil. Our Father is Jesus Christ. Our Father is God. And so no longer will that hold us back. We have a new heart, a new creation in Christ Jesus. So no longer will that sin hold us back. Now, 
because we give our life to Jesus Christ doesn't mean that we're perfect and we will continue to sin and we will continue to mess up because trust me, I mess up every single day, multiple times a day. And I'm just like, oh Lord, forgive me. I've screwed up again, you know? And, uh, but uh, we know what reigns supreme in our heart. It's not sin that reigns supreme in our heart, it's Jesus Christ that reigns supreme in our heart. All right, keep that in mind. And, um, uh, well, I started to say something, but I don't want to get in. Uh, election can be kind of confusing, and I'm going to say that. Maybe I'll do a podcast on election uh, and, and go into more depth. I just don't want to breeze across it and confuse anybody because there's something I was going to say, but I'm going to save that for another time. But anyway, let's go on with this verse. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. So praise God. You know, uh, when it comes to the law, you know, of course, Jesus Christ fulfilled the law. Now, let's keep in mind, Jesus Christ fulfilled the law. So obviously, we're still not, we're not bound by Old Testament rituals as a result. However, some take it too far and say the Old Testament does not apply to us at all. In fact, I even had a, a professor, which uh, you know, his belief system was what we would refer to as a dispensationalist in the fact that um, uh, he only believed that the Old Testament applied to Israel and not for the church today. I don't agree with that. I believe, in fact, you can replace Israel with the church and uh, imply that. Now, because Jesus Christ fulfilled the law, we don't do all the Old Testament rituals and practices and hand washings and all these things because you had the Pharisees and Sadducees who thought by fulfilling every aspect of the law that that would grant them entrance into heaven instead of uh, of, of confessing their sins, receiving Jesus Christ their personal Lord and Savior, they thought they had created the law. So we are not bound by that. However, there are great things that we can glean from the Old Testament. I mean, such as just the just the Ten Commandments alone. If you if there's no other part, that alone. But we see prophecies. We see how even Genesis one twenty seven, how marriage between one man and one woman. I mean, there's things that we can glean from that all throughout Old Testament Scripture that can still apply to us today. So don't ever think that it doesn't, because I've seen that time and again where Jesus fulfilled the law. So we're not, you know, we we they almost want to throw away the Old Testament. No, uh, that is uh, uh, very important, and uh, the New Testament is the Old Testament uh, fulfilled and contained. And so we need to uh, be sure we, we, we apply that as well. But the thing it is, though, it is not rituals and it's not being legalistic and following the Old Testament law or legalism as we see it today. There's people out there still think you have to keep your hair cut short, women have to wear dresses, men have to wear pants, shirts with a collar, you have to be baptized. All these things are work-based things. It might as well be filed under the law that man has applied. See, salvation is a free gift to God. There is nothing we can do to earn it, merit it, or, or you know, it's only through God alone that gives us that free gift, but yet man wants to apply these things. And because of these legalistic ideas, it has driven a lot of people out of church. And I think that's why we see some low attendance today in many churches because so many have been offended and turned off uh, by one, by the, the lack of uh, biblical knowledge and uh, to be able to preach effectively, the lack of uh, spiritual uh, awareness in the home, uh, the fact that they have all these legalistic ideas uh, that, that you have to do this, this, and this in order to attain salvation. And, and people just got burned out, got turned off. A lot of corrupt preachers out there. And, um, and so I think that's why we see that today. But if people can understand that we are under grace, that we have freedom through Christ Jesus, and that once we give our life over to Jesus Christ, yes, we will continue to battle. Yes, we will continue to fight, but he gives us his strength and ability to endure and to persevere. So we are no longer under that law, but under grace. We have freedom through Christ Jesus. And no matter how many times we mess up, we screw up, we know that Christ is there. He will continue to love us and continue to forgive us and we and continue to spur us on in our, our walk with Jesus Christ. So that's a wonderful thing. That not only are we forgiven, 
but his grace is sufficient and, and abounding that much more. It'd be just kind of almost like um, uh, one, one illustration I read a long time ago in reference to grace. Uh, in fact, one of my, I, I tell you, I, I may have to see if I can upload that so y'all can watch it. Uh, one of my professors at Grace Theological in Indiana, uh, Tiberius, uh, he is a wonderful uh, uh, man of God, and uh, he did an awesome uh, uh, little sermonette on grace uh, on my graduation, and it, uh, I'd like to, uh, to um, upload that for y'all to watch it. But anyway, uh, one thing that I'd read in, in as an illustration in regards to grace be like if you were brought before a judge and say that uh, your car was impounded because you were speeding, you know, and uh, you go for the judge. Not only does the judge forgive you uh, of what uh, you of the offense that you uh, committed, but he hands you the keys to a brand new car. So we have God's forgiveness, but he gives you grace. He blesses you even more on top of that. And so that's a wonderful thing. And sometimes it's hard to understand is the fact that he forgives us and his grace is shown upon us that much more that to show that we are loved that we're not hanging out here by ourselves that he is there that he fulfills us and he completely completes us so sin shall not have dominion over you for we are not under the law but under grace so that that verse alone should uh, give you great hope give you great joy should give you great excitement that uh, that sin does not dwell in us our hearts uh, but we have Jesus Christ that dwells and will be with us for all of eternity. And we have, we have his grace. We have to do no works. We have to, you know, even look at every religion. There's there's some other, besides Christianity, you have to atone. You have to do something to make up for those sins. But through Jesus Christ, you have forgiveness and grace. And you, you don't have to do anything but ask for forgiveness. And that's it. And, so, and we feel like there seems to be so much more. We need to do something else. We need to uh, be like Martin Luther who, who climbed up the, uh, the many steps uh, and uh, would flog himself and, and, and abuse himself because he thought that's what he had to do. And then he realized and understood what God's grace was. And, uh, you know, it's a wonderful thing. So always keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Realize that you are loved. And God's never going to leave you. And his grace is sufficient. He's faithful and just to forgive us of those sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Cling to that hope and realize that, hey, we're not alone. We all mess up. There's none righteous, no, not one. Even some goofy preacher like me, uh, it messes up every single day. So, but we have God's strength. We have God's forgiveness. Let's cling to that. Let's not just dwell on our past. Let's not just dwell on those mistakes, but dwell on the one who has covered that by the blood of the Lamb, who gave that substitutionary atonement on the cross we spoke about yesterday. He took our place on the cross. He bore our sins upon himself so that we can have eternal life, so that we can live forever. Praise God for what Jesus Christ has done. Let us have a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your love, your joy, your peace. Uh, Lord, thank you for being so very good to us. Uh, Lord, help us to always trust in you, not in our own abilities, not our own merit, but in your saving grace. Lord, let us rejoice. Let us uh, worship you and honor you each and every day. And Lord, for anyone watching this morning that doesn't know you, let us pray this prayer, dear God. Forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, please, as always, as I pray every morning, be with our parents, teachers, bus drivers, and our children as they're uh, going to school today. Let them get there and back safely with any problems or complications. Lord, please be with our police officers and 
breaks my heart to see how they how how badly they're treated. Let them know that they're loved, needed, and appreciated. Be with all the prayer requests and prayer concerns that are that reach out uh, daily. Individuals needing uh, prayer, family members who are dealing with surgeries and strokes and things of that nature, Lord. And uh, be with those families. Bring healing, Lord. Be with our president, Lord Jesus. Give him. Uh, peace, give him knowledge, give him discernment, and Lord, and seek you for all things, Lord Jesus, and uh, uh, Lord, just pray that you'll be this nation, I pray that you'll touch hearts and minds like never before, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, I appreciate each, each and every one of y'all uh, uh, watching this morning, oh, thank you, Miss Jones, she said, good explanation on grace, I appreciate those kind and encouraging words, but I hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day, don't forget if you uh, attend Fountain Life Bible Church, or even if you don't attend, come out tonight, we're going to decorate the tree, do not make that excuse not to come to church, some people are like, oh, it's cold, I want to go, they're just decorating the tree, no, it's more than that, yes, it is decorating the tree, but there is fellowship, it's a good way to get to know people maybe you don't normally get to, uh, and, and you sit beside of daily, but uh, the thing of it is, uh, Dad's going to do, uh, he reads a little story that he wrote, very beautiful, well-written uh, story. Uh, you don't want to miss that. It's a blessing. You know, we come together as a family. You know, we, we just don't make excuses not to go. Let's make excuses to go. So be sure to join us down at 7 o'clock. If you want to uh, watch uh, these uh, uh, devotions, you could always, if you got family friends who want to watch it, then go to Dr. Young 77, watch on there. If they don't do Facebook, they can go to my YouTube, Dr. Matthias Young, and watch there. And uh, Or if you want to listen, you can go to my Dr. Young Chronicles podcast on Apple iTunes. You can listen and uh, free of charge and uh, so be sure and check that out so Lord willing I'm going to try to get back doing this podcast I'm debating on heavily on whether to wait to first year uh, with everything going on in December so I may put that on hiatus just for a few weeks till the first of the year so hope everybody has a great day a fantabulous day and remember each live each day as if it were your last because one day it will be thanks for watching mm -hmm.